This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. It's like our year anniversary in a couple of weeks. We've been doing this for a year. 20 episodes of Chain Wrestling Live as well. Hit after hit after hit. It's amazing. Well, considering, like, you know, we had episode 50 come and go and neither of us noticed. We'll have to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do something special for the year. We'll have to sort of discuss things behind the scenes and see what we can come out with. I, I can always break out the, the, the mask in the hat again. <laughs> what, have I you bitched about it last time? He's big and tall, lean and mean. He's a Texas fighting machine. He likes to beat people up and he likes to have fun. You know I'm talking about a bear with us. Well, he's smoking, ain't joking. Good evening, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or indeed watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, a Radio Tagus production. I am the really oddly tired, sleepy Sai, it's driving me nuts. And with me, as always, is the over the top rope to my being a sleepy dope, the rumble in Chai Tang to my want my dressing game, and some Horlicks, and my bed, and just to settle down, I think. A podcaster who will openly encourage 29 other people to check out his total package. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing absolutely fine. Full of energy, so I'll be the energy for both of us. You know, you don't strap me as uh, the dressing gown tap, to be fair. To be honest, I said I put dressing gown in there purely because it rhymed with what worked. (laughs) 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 I did have a dressing gown. I think it was... Not last Christmas, the Christmas before, the wife bought me a dressing gown, and it was the one that was like Rocky, uh, the gap, the the, the, the uh, thing yeah. that Rocky wore to the ring. But the, it was a dressing black gown, black and style. gold. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So I wore it Christmas Day, and it was all right. And I haven't seen it since. Well, no, that's not true. I've seen it on the wife. I've not, you know, you know, it's it's, it's basically just been adopted by her now. So, so it was a gift for her. 
from I you, think essentially. It, I think it was intent, in, actually a gift for me, but very quickly she realised, oh, this is quite cosy. <laughs> this is too good for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> that bastard. He's only going to spill beer and, you know, pasty on it or something, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> spilled pasta. You've got pastry stains in this in this dressing gown again. Yeah. Rocky never got pastry or dyed himself, did he? Look at the guy. Just <laughs> To drool, yeah. As <laughs> <laughs> you eat in the mags, right? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, been quite busy in terms of uh, podcasting. Um, yeah, had the amazing Scottish Danny uh, recorded an episode with him. Uh, he's filled in for for Tanner and Ori on a changing attitude. So um, yeah, UFC. Uh, was on pretty late, so that was a, a tiring effort. But we get a week off this week, so I'll be doing some uh, some extra content for that. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's been fun. Did you watch a uh, Survivor series? Ah, see, yesterday I went to bed around half past six. I was literally sat downstairs. I got back oh, from my fuck. Oh, mate, I got back from our daughter's football, and I'm sat there. I'm going like that in the chair again. You know, which again, me doing that works really, really well on the audio version, doesn't it? <laughs> but you know, so, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm dozing off in the chair again. So I, I end up saying to Sharon that I'm going to bed for a couple of hours because this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm, you know, just falling asleep. And I, can't, I don't feel ill. I feel like there's nothing wrong with me. And right now, because I'm talking to you and I'm, I'm you know, buzzing because we're live and so on, I feel fine. Quarter of an hour ago, I was wiped out. I don't know what it is. But anyway, yeah, I went to bed about six hours six. Um, Woke up again about nine, half nine, went downstairs, basically said to Sharon, I ain't getting up, I'm going back to bed again. Went back to bed, woke up just as Survivor Series started. So I put it on my laptop, watched the first match on my laptop in bed, and then woke up again just as Roman Reigns was coming to the ring. And then I was up to the round half six, seven again, I suppose. So That's a, a weird sleep pattern. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Mate. I don't know what's going on at all. Well, I didn't watch it. Uh it seems like it's not been a bad card in, in terms of matches. There are some shenanigans with the, the egg from Red Notice, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll end up catching it. It sounds like it was an entertaining show. What I saw was good, from what I remember. Reigns mm-hmm. Big E was quite good. Um, Becky Charlotte was quite good. Uh, but then everyone has been saying that those two matches, either end of the show, were quite good. I slept through the middle part, so I can offer no further opinion. So <laughs> brilliant. Shall we uh shall we go to the chat then? See who's uh see who's knocking about from the, it, the chain it, wrestling family. Um we've got Sharon uh starting the day off. It's Monday night, you know what that means. Absolutely. Um Dan Griffin, evening party people, young Charlie in, in the in the chat, uh, may want to kind of duck out later on when we get to the joke section because I've uh, got a feeling it's gonna be quite lewd. Um <laughs> <laughs> um uh dan in the in the chat saying i do uh at sharon it means complete chaos and fuckery and again i'm not wearing a hat i, I wasn't i was not born with a hat i was not Liar. born with bubbly chocolate <laughs> they are changing up sometimes um dan is also having a go at your old age and he's telling you that energy yeah. drinks will not work they just make you tired but faster that's very, very true. It's just, it's just natural now for me to have. Normally, I have my, my the, the the ginger beer flavored one, and it's kind of like I'm very. You know, Sharon will say in the chat, and she'll take the mic at me, no doubt. I'm very much a creature of habit. So the first live show we did, it went well. I had a ginger beer monster. So every week I do it. Now I've got to have one of those. So this week they That's didn't have me in the shop. 
Oh yeah, mate, I'm ridiculous like that. I'm, I'm, it's so silly. Um, they didn't have one in the shop this week, so I got this funny fruit flavored thingy. So something's bound to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that evil on us, Bobby Ricky Bobby. Don't put that evil on us. Um, <laughs> going back to the chat, we've got Scottish Danny just mentioned him in, in uh, saying evening, and it was uh, good to chat uh, chat with you yesterday. He's, uh, yeah, um, had such a great time with him. We were talking about Survivor Series 1996 for a, an upcoming drop of a changing attitude. Yeah, it was such good fun. It's good uh, show. Good show. He's Not changing uh, attitude and Survivor Series 96, both good shows. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's actually coming back again this weekend to cover the Raw after as well with us, so oh, that'll okay. be fun. And then we're getting a bit of uh, self-Dan love with uh, the two Dans uh, chatting away with each other. Uh, Connor joins the chat. He's uh, joined just at the time when we are talking about spilling pastry. <laughs> he's saying, do not waste class food. Um, because that that happens. Sorry, Maxie, to interrupt. That does happen quite often. You get people who, who who join a bit late, or they lose their signal and they come back. And some of the conversations they drop into must be the most random things ever. They leave. Yeah. We're talking about the Raw Rumble, and they come back, and we're talking about the Chuckle Brothers potentially being nonces or something. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, Sharon's saying that uh, she's got Liv's dressing gown now, so you yeah. can have yours back. Sharon, here's a novel thought. <laughs> it's thinking a bit outside the box, but you could get your own dressing gown. That is, that a, is, that that is, is an option. Yeah. The thing is, she's got so many blankets. and She's got one of those, um, have you seen the advert for this? It's called, an U- is it Udi? Where it's basically, it's basically like a, it looks like a dog's bed with a couple of holes cut in it. Right? Okay. And it's, it's basically a blanket, but with a hood and like arm bits. So you, you wear the whole blanket. So you wrap yourself up in the blanket, but you can still put your arms through and do stuff. And then she's got another blanket and another blanket. And my wife just disappears into this massive fabric in the corner of the room. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she out every now and again. Yeah. I, I love her, bro. The only way I know and she's there is... Back when, under. <laughs> the only way I definitely know she's there is when you hear... And then the puff from the vape comes out, you know, <laughs> out, out, of the, out of the one armhole that's free. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so yeah, um, Dan um, saying, uh, so you got up to tell Sharon that you weren't going to get up. Yes. Yep. That's fair. And he's, he yes. says, you've got the, you've got the, the sleeper uh, Corona. I think he has. I think he's, he's got an illness. Um, do that and i do a freaking test man i hate them tests because they make the, the thing that makes me gag man i mean the one up your nose yeah that's that's horrible yeah, yeah. i don't like it we've got to book our booster jabs very very soon because uh we're old and mm. that's the thing that has to happen um connor saying getting your own what stupid idea is that mags um getting my own what dressing game all oh, right, okay, fair. Yeah, uh, I lost track then. Uh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> Sharon says that Liv has got her dressing gown. So you've got Liv's dressing gown. Liv's got your dressing gown. You've got Sar's dressing gown, and Sar's got no dressing gown. I've got no dressing gowns. I just sit there cold, shivering the, the, in the corner. The, <laughs> the dynamic in your household is is out of wax. Sir. Yeah, it's strange, you mate. To, it's strange. You need, to, you need to start putting your your foot down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sharon snuggled. Dan uh, says Sharon snuggled up like a nestling hamster. <laughs> yeah, um, and then 
uh, final one for now. Uh, Con McCabe, hello, um, hello, Magazine Sir, hello, Connor. Yeah, we always appreciate you uh, popping in from the the other side of the pond, sir. Uh, how's your day Definitely. going? Yeah, so there we go. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Um, like we said, we've got a big, big bumper episode coming because the poll was a draw. We've got two wrestling matches to look at uh, it's from very different eras, two very different matches. And we've got a brilliant non-wrestling topic as well that I hope will raise a few giggles. Totally mags his idea. Um, and it's great because last week's non-wrestling topic was very much a case of what makes you grumpy, what annoys you. And this is the other side of the coin, I guess. What makes you smile, what makes you laugh, tell us a joke. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. So, essentially, the idea around it was uh, we've we've had a, a few kind of pretty serious topics recently uh, mm. on on a couple of other podcasts that I'm involved in. We've been talking uh, serious uh, about uh, wrestling journalism and stuff like that. Um, so I thought some we need something to line up the mood, and uh, the the chair wrestling family did not disappoint. Some cracking no. jokes, but. I am going to have to keep with the seriousness for a little bit because uh, it's not been cracked out for a while, but I have got a pimple dick for this week. Pimple dick alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. And actually, it's more than one pimple dick this time. Yes. Um, so um, there's no beating around the bush with this. It's uh, I might as well just get straight into it. Um, during... Um, during uh, the pay per view, uh, 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 Survivor Series, I think it was announced that uh, the, the WWE and the Special Olympics uh, uh, have announced this huge global partnership extension. Uh, WWE have worked with the Special Olympics for for a number of years now, really kind of like to um, to help promote uh, the Special Olympics and, and and really kind of get that in in the in the the mainstream media and. Think I've always think I thought it's a, a great move, um, but wrestling Twitter sometimes you just have to be dicks, don't you? Yeah, you just they yeah, just do. can't help themselves. Yeah, and I'm not saying that people have to uh, like everything that the the WWE has done. You may not enjoy the wrestling, you may not like what they've done with the the talent, uh, you may not like their their business practices. That's absolutely fine. I am not here to tell you what wrestling you should and should not enjoy. It's a buffet, as uh, UTT Rob says on the regular, you watch what you enjoy. But Mm -hmm. when you see um, a company the size of WWE doing uh, uh, some promotion with the Special Olympics, there's no flip side to that. There's no um, kind of ulterior motive. Uh, but with wrestling Twitter, they just have to show their their evil side over and over again. So Sean Rossap, uh, he he put it on his Twitter, um, and the re- some of the replies are, are fucking horrific, absolutely yeah. horrific. Um, the, comparing the writers to uh, to people with special needs, uh, comparing some of the wrestlers to people with special needs. Um, um, basically saying that this was just another uh, reason uh, for WWE to release people. Um, yeah, it's just horrific. I'm not, I'm not going to focus on any uh, one name in particular. If you want to go and search out this post and, and give these uh, people shit, that, that's, all, that's on you. But it got to the point where Sean was replying to some of these people with just unfollow me because mm-hmm. even – I mean, Sean is is – 
he could be tested at sometimes. I, I think he's one of the the the, the most accurate uh, journalists out there. Uh, he normally uh, does great work in, in like double checking and triple checking his, his sources. But on Twitter, he's a, a regular guy. He gets he gets uh, tested. He gets aggravated, and he, he can uh, he can be quite bitchy uh, with, with some people. That's his prerogative. But he uh, is a for me in this situation. He's such a stand-up guy that people who follow him and who are subscribed to Fightful Select have uh, been making these ridiculous uh, these comments, and he's called them out on it. And I've got to give him props for that. But if you take this this uh, promotion of the Special Olympics as a way to shit on the WWE for for things that are not involved in this, you are a pimple dick, and you deserve yes. to be called out as such. I 100% agree, Magsy. It's just, it's just everything that is wrong with wrestling Twitter, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. just a, just people trying to be, just trying to be vile for the sake of being vile, trying to be, I don't know if people think this it's- is funny. I don't know if people think they're being clever. I don't know. And it, it again, comes back to that sort of tribalism, I guess, doesn't it? Where people, there's a group of people that hate on AEW, there's a group of people that hate on WWE, uh, and they do it for whatever reason, I don't know, they're just morons. And it says a lot, I think, how disgusting some of these comments and some of these people are, that this is the pimple dick for this week. When you when you look at potential competition for this spot with, you know, the the, the, the idiots, the, the, the complete dipshit that is DJ Storms raising his head again this week, and Brad Shepard is, is the standard piece of crap that Brad Shepard is, that... They didn't make it this week, but don't get me wrong. Those two people are complete fucking idiots, but these people responding here. It's just like, what the hell is wrong with this? What the hell is wrong with these people? I mean, wrestling has always been a very niche, uh, a niche entertainment uh, field. There's always people who look down on on, on wrestling, and, and there was a, a post I saw today uh, from someone quite big in the wrestling community, uh, and they uh, commented about Survivor Series and the amount of people who uh, who don't watch wrestling and saying, "Oh, why do you watch it? You all know it's fair." We get all that all the time. Yeah. Um, so to cannibalize our own kind of macro community yeah. by by doing stupid shit like this, this is a way to promote all of wrestling. That wrestling can do good things, but instead it's used to to mock and it's used to not only mock WWE who, who have got thick skin. These comics won't won't annoy them. It's the way that they've compared people um, to to the very people who WWE are trained to promote. It's 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 disgusting. It's not the the take that you think you're doing. You're not being clever. You're not being edgy. You're not being uh, getting clout. You're just showing yourself to be an absolute tosspot. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, all the people who commented and all the people who even think like this, you may not say it out loud, but if you have these kind of thoughts in in your head, you are a pimple dick. Yeah, one hundred percent, mate. One hundred percent. Just absolute scumbags. And I'm very fortunate. Well, I don't say I'm very fortunate. I think we're very lucky um, and blessed, I suppose. I know it sounds a bit cheesy. Um, I think of American TV shows all the time. We're like, oh, I'm so blessed and all that sort of crap. But I think we are blessed in that our Hashtag community. blessed. Yeah, is our little group of people. The CWF, as seems to be the name that we're running with. Just a fantastic group of people, and um, we won't tolerate nonsense or fools or uh, any any kind of stupidity. I mean, if, if somebody joins, everyone's welcome with us. Of course they are. But if you behave a certain way, you ain't going to last long. And I think that's great that we have those people. Yeah, 
absolutely in our little corner of this kind of putrid world i suppose yeah totally agree and, and uh um pretty much unanimous all the way across the board with the, with the chat um i'm not i'm not uh gonna read through them all because it, it's gonna end up winding me up but just know that <laughs> we we are so glad that you you all feel like this way and we we're so glad that you uh you're uh involved with us we we appreciate appreciate every every single time um dean bragg in the in the chat hi hi guys hello dean hope you uh hello, hope you're enjoying the show sir um, but yeah, essentially, if you think that um, the uh, WWE partnering with Special uh, Olympics was uh, was an opening to dunk on the company and and, and use uh, special needs as, as a way to attack, then y- you need to grow up. It's as simple mm. and clear as that. Yeah. So exactly. n- now I'm off off my soapbox. <laughs> shall we? Shall we actually have a little bit of fun now? Yes, let's very quickly before we move on. And I don't want to sort of chastise anyone in particular or anything like that, but just a quick word. There are, shall we say, younger ears and younger eyes that watch our show, mm-hmm. um, listen to our show and so on. Mm-hmm. Some of them are related to me. Some of them are not. Um, so, yes, okay. Magsy and I, we use some colourful language. In the chats, there's sometimes colourful language. There's certain topics that maybe aren't suitable for some of the younger eyes and, and ears. But it is the way it is, and I appreciate that, and everyone's aware of what's going on. I will say, though, just for the benefit of everyone in the chat and, and anywhere else that's relevant, try and steer clear of using the C word, please, if we can. Okay? I mean, it popped up earlier on. Let's just try and avoid that. My daughter's in there. Come on. <laughs> okay. Oh, you can be as rude as you like with me. Okie doke. Um, Maxi, tell us a joke. That was what we had, wasn't it? Yeah, like I said, um, it, we've had some serious topics over the the, the last few weeks, and I thought let's uh, let's see the the best and, and worst jokes that the the CWF can come up with. Yeah, um, we'll start with a couple of the worst. First of all, uh, we had Craig from Pro Wrestling Musings at Craig Pro Wrestling Musings. He said Burnley Football Club, Max. I know, scumbag. And we had. <laughs> at carbon underscore Robert saying Manchester United. Um, I mean, just just the attacks on our on our having teams. A us, having a yeah, go at us. Having a go at us. I can see. Sorry, very quick. I can see there's someone posting in the chat now saying I do apologize. Don't worry about it. It's all cool. It's all good. No problem at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to ignore the Burnley and the Man United comments. Even the Man United are a laughing stock right now. But I'm allowed to say it. I'm a United fan. Everyone asking. And, and Burnley, <laughs> Burnley, Burnley, about three or four weeks ago, was certainly a laughing stock. Right now, I think they they're actually not doing too bad. So fair enough. Stick, stick that in your pipe and spark it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to ban football from this show, Magsy. You know, I think there should be a football three zone. Do you know what I mean? Football Just to, three zone. Yeah, I can't. Oh, why don't? Because this is if my dad's listening, he'll he'll be more and laughed at you right now. You know, because he, he's my whole life he's mocked me because I can't make I can't say T H. I can't do that. You know, I, I always say it with an F. So that's where it comes like this way it does. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I don't think we should <laughs> but we should be a football free zone because it, it adds to the content and I get to rib you. Oh, yeah, I suppose. We'll be all right, mate. We'll be all right. You know, big, everyone keeps saying we're a big club and that, don't they? So, okay. 
Uh, so where should we start? Where should we, I'll tell you what, we'll do what we always do, shall we? I don't know why I say where should we start, because I always start in the same place, the very beginning. The order in which these tweets came in to us, and we've also got a couple of... Um, well, I've a couple of DMs and something from Instagram this week, Magsy, which I'll uh, jump to at the end. Christ. I know, first Jesus ever time, mate. Um, uh, before we before we crack on with it, uh, Dean uh, is asking uh, Mrs. P uh, if he can ask the guys anything. Um, I mean. I didn't realise Sharon would become our our manager and agent, but I'll happily <laughs> let her take the wheel. Sharon's our mod this week. <laughs> yeah, Sharon's the mod. Uh, I don't. Oh. I don't mean like she listens to the Who and rides a scooter and shit. I mean she's like the moderator, you know. Yeah, uh, Dean. By all <laughs> means, um, join in the chat, uh, ask questions, chuck us some jokes uh, that can get read out. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely a pleasure to have you joining in. No worries. Uh, first tweet in we had was from the good cop bad cop wrestling podcast at good bad wrestle on twitter he says my contribution to wrestling this oh this might be a dm actually maxi sorry but yes, yes it's far far too long to be a tweet it was a dm i'm so sorry <laughs> brilliant <laughs> oh my goodness he says um there was a primary school class the teacher says to give them a sentence with the word contagious in it Okay. Uh, kid one, the measles are contagious. Teacher says, yeah, good. He approves. Kid two, my grandma is quarantining right now as she is contagious. Teacher says, very good. Very good. Good choice. Good, good, good use of the word. Uh, kid three says, my neighbor is painting the outside of his house with a two-inch paintbrush. And my dad says it will take the... <laughs> And after you banned the word, I've just literally said, "Yeah, let's not just watch the seat." Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> brilliant, That's quite good, brilliant. Uh, Maybe you should next time read the jokes. Before oh, that's the thing. I literally scanned them, <laughs> screenshotted them because I thought it's better if I read them out whilst we're, you know, uh, and then because it might make me laugh as much as everyone else. So I've not really read them yet. Do as I say, not as I do. So you guys can't use that word, but sad, it's fair I said, game. I said contagious, mate, as in it's, you know, <laughs> not in <anything> class. <laughs> I apologise, Connor, for being so two-faced. <laughs> but, but MGB Grave, that was a great joke. Yeah. Uh, well. And he has one more. What has two legs and bleeds? Half a dog. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> that's that's got dark quick. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Oh, um, our good buddy Chris, good friend of the show at Millwall Chris One on Twitter, who made, I think made his was it his podcast debut on Bang Bang this morning, I believe. Yeah. Um, and was it his debut? I don't know if it was debut. I, I, I listened. I think they said now. something about his debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he clearly lives in a palace because uh, the echo coming from that that huge room that he was uh, he was in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. Uh, bang bang, um, as always, uh, part of the Monday morning wars with our UTT. Um, James uh, from uh, that wrestling um, uh, that nineties wrestling podcast. He was on UTT and he said uh, he had a thing about uh, three count from the old WCW day. So that was interesting. And then Andy three got and, and Andy got pissed up to the point where he just went on a mad rant at the end. Praise he does. Uh, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the praise, but he was levered. <laughs> By us, I, I've not listened to it yet. I've got to the part where he runs through all of, um, and this was fantastic. He runs through all of Big Show Paul White's um, 
turns, like heel to face, heel to face, and so on. That, that's that why it's two hours long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I, that, you know I was listening to it on the way home from work, so that's why I kind of stopped. You know, because I got to no, the end of the driveway, um, so that was that. So at, at the end, um, Chris um, has to nip uh, into the penthouse for a slash. Um, so he's got about 20 minutes to fill, uh, and it just praises the, the community that we've built up um, between between all the the podcasters, and, and now we've become like a, a really kind of close-knit group. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yes. Okay. So, Millwall Chris, he says, oh, Magsy, I've lost it. Hang on a sec. What am I doing? Pressing the wrong stuff, mate. Pressing the wrong stuff. There we go. What's red down invisible? No tomatoes. <laughs> that's terrible that is it's a classic as uh as benny replied it is a classic oh i don't know about that mate i don't know about that at scottish danny good friend of the show singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth and then it's a soap opera Ba-bum. oh dear that's not good either mate that's yeah. that's a that's a letdown Oh dear. Oh dear me. We got a few come in from Dan Griffin, good friend of the show, at Dan Griffin21 on Twitter. Um, he says, I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> Why can't you trust an atom? Because they make up everything. Wow. <laughs> these are bad, but they're making me laugh. They're getting me these, Maxi. They're good. Um, what did the drummer call his twin daughters? And a one and a two. <laughs> I've <laughs> that's tickled me every single time I've read it because it's so oh. it's so cheesy. It's good. Oh dear, that's the thing though. These cheesy, silly dad jokes. I guess the bad jokes, the horrible sort of one-liner sort of efforts. That's what gets me laughing. That's what tickles me because they're also stupid. You know. Um. Yeah, that that one was was daft. Um, Dean's uh, in the chat. He said he wanted to ask a question, and yeah, um, I don't know if we'll be able to answer it for you, but we can try. Um, said, guys, Yorkson was his favourite, uh, and his dad. Can I hug him when I die and see him in heaven? Um, if you believe in that stuff, then absolutely, you 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 can. Um, He'd long arms, wouldn't you? Because he's a big old fellow, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he he may need to hug you, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You can certainly hug him if uh, if you die. It depends if you've been a good and you go to the same place that he went to. That's it. I love Joe Gozina. You know? He was great. Yeah, you know, for for a big for, like that run he had with the world title around WrestleMania ten and and sort of what was that ninety three going into ninety four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was for a guy his size. He he couldn't have moved, couldn't he? It was it was not that good on on Survivor Series nineteen ninety six though, to be fair. No, because he got even bigger boy then, hadn't he? Oh he was, he a, was, he was a he big was a big blob. Yeah, that's it. Dan Griffin continues. I made a pencil with two erasers. It was pointless. Babum I should have really oh. got that, that sound effect ready. Yeah, see, that's how professional we are. <laughs> We've known literally normally the, the non wrestling topic. Sometimes it can be a day or two before, we're like, before the show. I uh, will do this. Yeah, no worries. This has been a whole week and we've not prepared any. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We are shocking. Hey, <laughs> um, Chris at Chris underscore BFC on Twitter underscore. Now you're um, going to need the accent for this one. I can't do that, mate. I can't do that. Can you do that? Uh, no, no, not that I know of. Okay, cool. Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the you're the reader outer. 
I'm the reader out. <laughs> Is that my professional title? That's what I should have put. And instead of my instead of like my Twitter handle now, I should say reader outer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a German couple walks into a bar. The man says to the bartender, two martinis, please. The bartender says, dry. The man says, nine. I said two. <laughs> Oh, that is that's not good. <laughs> After you laughed at it, brilliant. Yeah, that's it, mate. Shrek five on Twitter at Shrek is all right is his handle. Uh, uh-huh. Somebody I don't think we've had a message in from before, Magsy. If we have, I've missed it. I do apologise. So it's good to hear from somebody new there. He says a prominent sperm donor was supposed to show up at a clinic to donate, but never showed up. When doctors asked why he didn't show, he couldn't provide a logical answer. He simply replied, I'm just not coming anymore. <laughs> it's so bad. It's that, terrible. That, I don't know. It, it's that bad. It is actually quite funny. But the thing is, I, okay, there's a couple of things i got to pick apart with this. <laughs> First of all, a prominent sperm donor. What do you have to do? Do you have to get like a loyalty card tick so many times to reach <laughs> that level? Or how does that yeah, work? You get a stamp and then every, every five deposits, your sixth deposit is free. <laughs> right. <laughs> um and he's obviously that prominent because the doctors are giving him a, a message or a text or perhaps they got him on whatsapp i don't know asking why he hadn't turned up to jerk off <laughs> I, mean, I mean how many kids has he got knocking around the local area oh. could you ever do that if you're really sc- you get paid for that don't you magsy I've, I've never never even looked into it do you okay so I've, well if you believe what 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 happened on friends yeah, <laughs> I think it was friends, right? That that true to laugh show where mm. everybody lives in a massive apartment and everybody's white. Oh, went they there. are though. Think about it, mate. Think about it. Yeah, they, they really mean. are. It's a very racist part of America. <laughs> um, <laughs> Central Park. Jesus, was it? Crap. Was it on? Was it on there or was it somewhere else? It might not even have been friends. We might have just gone down this tangent for no reason. But anyway, there was some TV show where they obviously get paid for being a sperm donor. If you were absolutely on your arse and had no money at all, would you consider that? Because I find it really difficult knowing that there was kids out there, but effectively in my DNA, I was effectively their dad, you know? Yeah. And um, get get your, get your, uh, um, what's it called? I can't remember the name. Um, your child benefit or whatever paid out. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, kicking it with Connor at Kicking Soccer on Twitter. He says here, a guy walks into the bar. He goes to the bartender and asks, "How much are drinks?" Bartender replies, two cans a pop." So the guy reaches into his bag and pulls out two cans of pop. Bartender says, "What is this?" The man replied, "Replies, you said drinks were two cans of pop." I've missed something, haven't I? I don't get that. I don't get that one. I think that may be an American thing. Uh, I mean, okay. I get what the 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 two cans a pop a pop means per drinker, but is is cans is that is that like short for a dollar something like that? That's a poor joke, Connor. You should be ashamed of that. It might be a really good joke, and we're just dense. Yeah. Back to the that that is also very much an option. <laughs> um, back to the drawing board on that one, Connor. Sir. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter, good friend of the show. He says, my dad's favorite joke that he's done every Christmas since the film Batteries Not Included was released is wrap up a random box with some batteries in it and a note saying, toy not included. 
the dedication to to keep with that joke for what must be now thirty years. That's that's See, brilliant. My first thought when I read that was, I'm stealing that. That's brilliant. But at the same time, it's that thing now of it ain't gonna work because my kids haven't seen that film because they're younger. And there's no chance they're going to watch that film. No chance at no. all. My kids won't even watch Die Hard, you know? So get them to watch something like that. They ain't going to watch that. So it's a complete waste of time, isn't it? But it's a brilliant job. Yeah, I really liked it. Well done to UTT Senior. Um, <laughs> we have here Burn Gamer at Burn the Gamer on Twitter. I believe this is somebody else new to the show, Maxi, which is fantastic. Uh-huh. It's a new, a new Twitter handle, I believe. I'm not sure if I've read that one out before. Uh, he says here, how come you can't hear rabbits going at it? Because, because they've got cotton balls. <laughs> wow. And even added a gift just to, just to nail it. Oh, my Brilliant. goodness. Oh, uh, good friend Matt Willis at the Matt Attack UK on Twitter has sent us some jokes here via WhatsApp mags. So you won't find them on there, my friend. There's a few. So I'm literally just going to fire through them quick. Okay. He says, some jokes for chain wrestling. What do you call a boomerang that won't come back? A stick. <laughs> what does a cloud wear under its raincoat? Thunderwear. Okay, I like that. That's right. <laughs> Two pickles fell out of a jar onto the floor. What did one say to the other? Deal with it. I think... I think I've just been put in a giggly mood now. I, I'm meant to be doing um, the volley with Matt straight after this. After those jokes, I may leave him to die on his own sword for that. that they, were, <laughs> they were horrific jokes. Horrific. Oh, we're not done. We're not done. Oh, look who joins <laughs> us in the chat as well. Takes a bow. Takes Hello, a Matt. Bow. Good evening, my friend. Uh, wow. He continues. What time is it when the clock strikes 13? Time to get a new clock. <laughs> how does a cucumber become a pickle it goes through a jarring experience <laughs> no i like that one that's good uh what did one toilet say to the other you look a bit flushed no i'm not having that one <laughs> what do you... where, where have you got all these jokes from matt this these sound like um from the ladybird book of first ever jokes <laughs> perhaps that's why i'm laughing so much they're on my level <laughs> uh where did i get to you look a bit flashed what do you think of that new diner on the moon food was good but really there wasn't much atmosphere <laughs> uh why did the dinosaur cross the road because the chicken wasn't born yet i'm not having that one why can't Elsa from frozen have a balloon because she will let it go, let it go. <laughs> These are so terrible. Um, what musical instrument is found in the bathroom? A tuba toothpaste. That's that's not that's shocking, man. Oh I think, dear. I think we should put Matt in timeout. He's not allowed to send any more replies into into the non wrestling topic of the week for a month. A month. Oh, that's a long time, mate, isn't it? Uh, Ray Cash here in the chat. I had to jump on just to tell Matt how absolutely horrid those jokes are. And you are right to do so because they were bad. <laughs> they made me laugh a bit, you know, some of them. 
And we've got here from Instagram, Mags, at chain underscore wrestling on Instagram. The first ever sent in on Instagram, even though we've had Instagram for the best part of a year. So it's a it's a big moment, but at the same time also shows how much of a shambles some of our social medias are. All, I suppose, all down to me. This was told to my sister, Hayes Jen Powell, on Instagram by a five-year-old at work. And she doesn't work, but like, you know, she works with kids at school. It's not like, you know, five-year-olds are doing you know, <laughs> jobs. She's, 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 she's running a sweatshop. Yeah, she's like down the mine sending the kids. <laughs> uh, Hayes says here, why does a, well, the little youngster, sorry, said to my sister, why does a duck have feathers? To cover their bum quacks. <laughs> How are you so tickled by that? I just laugh every time I read it. That one I've read a few times, and it just gets me to cover their bum quacks. That's good. That's good, Max. (laughs) You're just a grump, you are. It was funny, but yeah, um, next. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's all I've got, mate. That's all I've got. Okay, so have you got any jokes? Well, before we do, I've had a message from my wife to say, can I show this on the camera for Dan? So if I just bring this up, I don't know if we can make that out. I mean, it would have it totally been easy to just... That's a... Is that, say, baby batter on a spatula? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. So Brilliant. I believe that is something they've been discussing in the chat, which makes me I wonder what seen, is, what is the conversation I'd, between Dan and my wife? <laughs> I thought I'd seen it come up, but yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, we have one more from Matt Willis. It's just arrived into us now. So what is the difference between black eye peas and chickpeas? Black eye peas can sing us a song. Chickpeas can only hum us one. <laughs> That's all right as well, you know. <laughs> That's, That's, all right That's as well. quite clever. That's quite clever. Um, we've got some in the chat as well. Dan Griffin, um, what do you call a, a bathroom superhero? Flush Gordon. Oh, dear. Ray, uh, what is the difference between people in Dubai and people in Abu Dhabi? Is that people in Dubai don't get don't like the Flintstones and those in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> That's good as well. I'm stealing that one. Well, I say that, I'm blatantly going to forget it within 10 minutes, but if I can remember it, I'm telling and, that one at once. And, and the classic one from FIFA Connor, we might as well throw this in. I have a joke, Manchester United. Anyway. He's just he's just ruined it. <laughs> San no sold it. Oh damn man. I, I'm used to it now, mate. I'm used to it. I lived through an absolutely fantastic period. I was fortunate enough to be of a certain age through a wonderful time frame for that football club. If we don't win anything again, of course I'm gonna be disappointed. However, I had a fantastic 15, 20, 25 years. So <laughs> is what it is, is what it is. Okay, well, I think we've got one here from Dan Griffin on Twitter as well. Just come in. Why did the seaman cross the road? Because I put the sock, wrong socks on this morning. <laughs> That's a brilliant one. That's absolutely brilliant. For goodness sake. Oh, dear <laughs> me. Oh, Magsy, have you got any there yourself, my friend? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, a few that I, I keep, uh, keep under my hat. Um, so we've got um, a woman is taking a shower, uh, comes out, gives her husband a, a cheeky little wink and goes to him, I've shaved down there. Do you know what that means? And he sighs, looks at her and says, too right I do. 
means the drain's blocked again, doesn't it? <laughs> um, then, I mean, I, I'm not going to... I mean, we've had some horrific um, jokes. Oh, wow. What do you call a fake lord? This is Matt Willis. Anyone but bags. Yeah, that's true, because I am actually a, a genuine lord. Um, oh, Dan, seriously. What's the difference between a chickpea and a lentil? I've never had a lentil on me. <laughs> oh, brutal. Oh, man. Brutal. This whole episode, when it comes to the audio version, it's basically just going to be me or you starting a sentence and then me just sniggering like an idiot. I'm going to have to do some serious edit- editing to make the audio version actually worth listening to at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll go with my kind of a, my go-to joke. Um, so... HMS Victory comes into port, uh, and the the all the the, the seamen and all the all the uh, personnel get a, a, a day shore leave. So three of these sailors all gather together and go, let's go and hit the town and and see uh, see what we can do with our with our twenty four hours. And between them, seamen being who they were, who they are, um, they decide to hit up a local brothel. So they all go to this brothel and they see a, a menu on the wall and, and all it's got is three prices, no explanations or anything. So there's a £10 um, selection, a £20 selection and a £50 selection. So the first uh, first uh, sailor goes in, says, I'm going to take the, the £10 selection. So he goes in, come, comes back out, massive smile on his face. So the, the other two salesmen saying, Go on, tell us what what happened," he said. "Oh, so I went in, laid down on 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 this on this bed. Woman comes in, gets a can of squirty cream, covers my dick all in the squirty cream, and then proceeds to lick it all off. Said it was brilliant. So the second sailor goes in, goes, I, "If that were that good, I, I'm going to go for the twenty pound one." So he pays his twenty pounds, comes out even bigger smile than the first one like really pleased as punch so he goes in uh the the other two uh sailors goes what what did you get what'd you get for your 20 pound said so went in led on this bed this woman comes in squirty cream hundreds and thousands cherry on top proceeds to lick it all off he's like oh my god that was amazing so the <laughs> third one goes in because if they've had such a good time with their uh, 10 and 20 pound one, I'm definitely going for the 50 quid one. Pays his 50 quid, comes out, face like thunder. Really, really disappointed. And the other two sailors are, what's happened? You, I mean, did, was it a bad time? He went, no, I laid on the bed. She comes in, covers me dick in whipped cream, puts on hundreds of thousands, cherry on top, then she covers it in pineapple rings, chocolate sauce the works said that sounds amazing why why didn't you enjoy it said it looks so delicious i ate it myself bloody hell mags <laughs> <laughs> oh see, i ain't got any meal um <clears throat> and, and matt willis kind of the last one he sent in was from a twitter handle and i actually had the idea of Getting just getting a couple off here and reading them out at random. Um, one of them was the hummus joke he sent in, funnily enough. So I'm just literally going to scan through it. Is at dad says jokes on Twitter. I've followed them for a while, they're quite funny. I'm just going to scroll through now and grab a couple at random. Um, maybe I should clean mirrors for a living. It's something I can really see myself doing. 
how did Bilbo survive the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy? Because old habits die hard. <laughs> old hobbits die hard. I fucked that one up, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry, I'll edit it out. <laughs> I put my phone under my pillow last night. When I woke up, it was gone, and there was a one-pound coin in its place. It was the Bluetooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. oh, I think I'm going to leave it there, Magsy, because some of these are absolutely shockingly awful. But it's raised a smile from me, mate. I hope it's raised a smile from everyone in the chat and everyone listening out there as well. Hopefully so. Yep, and and there's still some uh, some jokes coming through in the chat. I'm not particularly happy with the 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 booze and the crickets that I got for for my my joke, but you obviously don't appreciate good comedy. So, <laughs> um, but uh, Dan Griffin, why do Swedish boats have barcodes so they can scan the navy in? Oh dear. Oof. And Matt, a, a sales associate, walks into his job, uh, his interview for a job for IKEA. Uh, the manager says, come in, make, make a seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's the best. Matt, you, you've you pulled it out in the clutch. You're allowed to the, stay the now. You yourself, one. my friend. Yeah, that was a Redeemed good one. yourself. <laughs> uh, so thank you so, so much to everybody in the chat and everybody on Twitter and Instagram, I guess, even though it was my sister. Does that really count? I guess it does. It, uh, it all counts here. It all counts. Thank you so, so much for that. Our non-wrestling topic is out every single week on all of our social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that TikTok thingamy, at chain underscore wrestling on every single one, purely because it makes it so easy for me to remember. Correct. Um, Maxi, shall we talk a little wrestling night? Wow, we're actually getting into it a little bit early this time. Um, oh. It's because we've got two to cover, so let's... Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Okay, so the poll was won by no one or both of us, whichever way you want to look at it, I guess. We had a, we had a draw for the second time ever. And mm-hmm. yeah, how did Lex Luger get votes? says Connor. We're not voting for Luger, my friend. We're not voting for Luger. We're voting for the masterful performance by the, the awesome Mr. Barry Windham. I'll tell you that, okay? We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Mags, where do you want to start then, bud? Your selection was Royal Rumble 98. We had Luger Windham from 89 up against it. Either or. Let's, let's get the shit out of the way. Rumble we'll then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Shartown Rumble. <laughs> Okie doke. The selection from myself that drew with Magsy's Rumble choice was Lex Luger versus Barry Windham for the NWA United States Championship at the Chai Town Rumble 1989 pay per view. Uh, when I chose this one, the reason I put it forward was because I've been talking online about Luger, I've been talking online about Barry Windham. I like early Luger. Don't get me wrong. I, I I play this very much tongue in cheek. I know he's not a particularly talented individual at any stage in his career, but 87, 88, 89, he was surrounded by some talented ind- individuals mm-hmm. and he could go to a degree. And the people around him, I think carried him to a, to a great match. I think as shown by, in my opinion, one of the most underrated performers of all time, Barry Windham in this match here, Max. 
yeah, I, I mean, I rag on you for your your uh, fascination with with Lex Luger, but for me, he's like um, the the Sid that we're watching on a change attitude right now. Mm. Not not the very best worker at all, uh, but he could uh, he could get the crowd invested, uh, and that's how I see like like I said eighty eight uh, eighty nine Luger. Um, yeah, he's he's not a brilliant wrestler, uh, very basic, very very rudimentary, but the crowd. The crowd loved him, and if you have enough great workers around you, anybody can have a, a, a fairly passable match, and and that's what that's where it kind of like draw them come them comparisons with with uh, with Psycho Sid. But um, I actually didn't hate this match. Um, I went in to watch it with all intents and purposes of, of absolutely shitting on it. Um, but, <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean it, it's Luger. <laughs> it, it's the done thing, but it was. It was short. That's a good thing that it had going for it because it, it didn't kind of outstay his welcome. Um, but it it was a fun watch. It was, uh, like mm. I said, Barry Windham, we were very kind of underrated uh, in in terms of wrestling fans nowadays, but he was he was a massive star, uh, yeah. really good wrestler. Um, and he, he shows that he can certainly lead an average opponent to a, a decent match. Yeah, and, and the reason I chose this match primarily was because it was the match with the highest ratings from between these two individuals. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to lump the two together as kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke at the, the conversations I've been having online. Obviously, I'd seen this before. Late 80s, NWA is kind of my wheelhouse, I guess. And you know, I don't think there's a pay-per-view or show they put on that I've not watched at least once. This pay-per-view itself is famous for a couple of other matches, really. The main event being one, Flair Steamboat, one one of the trilogy. And I think they sort of went had a few time restraints going into this towards the end of the show. There seems to be a few issues here. Wyndham and Luger don't get on-screen introductions, which is strange because it's the United States Championship. And this is back when the United States Championship really, really meant something, kids. It's not just a funky, thick piece of metal that somebody carries around on SmackDown nowadays or Raw or wherever it is. Back in 89 this championship really meant something. It was very, very important. It, it, it meant you was proud to be future world champion. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the theory being, and it didn't always work out this way, but the theory being that if you were a United States champion, you were actually the number one contender for the world title. Yeah. Um, you didn't always get your shot, granted, but that's the way, that's how prestigious this championship was. So you had people like, I mean, Dusty Rhodes is the best example, world champion, uh, dropping down and winning the United States Championship. Harley Race did it as well in the late 70s when he was you know, picking up world titles left, right and centre. He had one or two short brief runs with the United States Championship to elevate himself back into the main event picture again. Uh, Luger had world title matches because of his standing in the United States Championship mm-hmm. um, division, for want of a better term. Uh, and Wyndham himself, he was United States Champion, which led to world title matches. And Flair, I think, did it later on he had united states runs title runs before his world title runs started Mm -hmm. and then much much later in his career had another united states title run but slightly different circumstances again it's a quick match it's only just over 10 minutes max isn't it but i think we really get to see how bloody fantastic barry windham is just in this 10 minutes i think he's superb yeah i mean the 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 blading was pretty obvious but Mm -hmm. it was unique but yeah uh, this is a 
Barry Windham, like I said, leading a dance, and and it showed just how how good of a wrestler that he actually was. Um, we even get points where uh, the, the commentary is saying that Luger's broke out a new move in this, and the new move was was uh, a sleeper hold. Yes, because um, he's a technical, you know, magician. Genius. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it, um, the the match was. Fast-paced, um, brutal, um, but yeah, it, it was a, a, a fun match to watch. You see Luger doing some uh, uh, acrobatics, doing the, the leapfrog a couple of times, uh, but it, it's, it quickly goes uh, to the outside, and then you see that uh, Luger gets a cut over his uh, around his eye, uh, Wyndham punches the ring post and blades his hand, which mm. is, it, it's not something I've ever seen. I thought that that's a, a really kind of like, um, interesting take on blade. Obviously, we you usually see blading to be like the forehead or somewhere where you're going to get a lot of blood and it looks dramatic. But the the point of him hitting the post with his hand and then blading his hand to make it look like he, he'd broken his fingers and every time he was throwing a punch, he he was squint, uh, uh, kind of wincing in pain. Yeah. It was such good good storytelling, really good storytelling. When he tries to go for the claw and he, he can't really kind of get the 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 power into it because of this broken hand. I, th- I thought that Wyndham did a, a brilliant job in in in, in telling a story in such a short. Um, a short match. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the main takeaway I have from this from this match. It's very much the Wyndham show. I think it starts off with Luger effectively dominating, as you mentioned, Max. But Wyndham selling is what makes Luger look fantastic. Yeah. He's bumping all over. I and mean, you bear in mind how big this chap is. Barry Wyndham's what? I mean, the, the, the top end of. 200 pounds he's pushing he's pushing 300 pounds well uh, you know? they, they say on the commentary six five two fifty eight which right, is okay. huge yeah. i thought he was i thought there was a there was a big period in his career maybe after this then where he was around 280 285 but yeah he's, he's a big big fella in in the 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 a changing attitude area that we're in now he's the stalker and he's he's definitely put on a bit of timber and mm. there's a plenty of a uh, kind of a uh snow on the veranda i suppose with him uh but yeah he he does at, at this period in this match he he's he was never the kind of wrestler that looked like they were chiseled out of granite uh no, he's no. Uh, uh he's kind of totally the opposite he's got very much like a um a standard manly body uh but he, he did look muscly uh rather than uh the the kind of like later career later part of his career where he put a little bit of weight on Mm, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's bumping all over the place, and um, at one stage, Lex Luger actually lifts Wyndham above his head in a gorilla press. That was that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the the story being told as well with the hand injury, uh, and, and there's so much fitted into just this this ten minute period. It's almost like this could have easily gone half an hour and captivated me for that long. I think Wyndham's performance was that good. Mm-hmm. Luger is. Luger is Luger. He he looks the part. He looks great. When he's motivated, you can see a bit out of him. But he's still not on the same level as a guy like a Wyndham or even a guy like an Arn Anderson or Bobby Eaton, who is the similar sort of ilk to a Barry Wyndham, I guess, that great worker from the late 80s NWA kind of time period. Now, Luger here, I think this is the peak of his career in ring, this kind of time, because of the guys he's got around with him. Yeah. And it, I think it's kind of what led to him going to WWE. I think Vince and his cohorts looked at this guy, looked at the body and thought, we can do something with this fella. So 
this sort of time period and 90 and 91, it was a good advert for Lex, I think. Yeah, uh, the the issue is though he ha- he was being carried in these matches. Yes, um, when he when he came up to the the WWF, he he didn't have the kind of chemistry with the talent that he was working with up there, uh, and it, it quickly kind of he got found out to be not mm-hmm. the the wrestler that that this portrayed him as. Um, so yeah, I think um, it would have probably been more be- beneficial to him to to not go to WWF, but. That's that's the choices you make. He, I mean, he made the the best of it. Ended up being multi-time world champion anyway. Um, certainly had a, a, a long career. Uh, he, he's he's done what any wrestling fan would do. Made the best of the limited kind of skill set that he had. Yeah, and I think this really does show how talented the roster was in the NWA at this mm-hmm. time frame. Going into the WCW time, you know, they, they lose Flair in what was it, 91, don't they? And you ended yeah. up with Luger kind of shoved into the main event picture at that stage. And you can't say it was too early. He'd been around for a long time by this point. But Luger and Wyndham, I guess, in and out the Horseman, part of the Horseman leaving, feuding with the Horseman and so on. It's brilliant storytelling. And to me, this is this is pro wrestling to me. This is, These are guys that look like they would beat the shit out of you in a real fight. Mm-hmm. the likes of Wyndham and Anderson and so on. And in the ring, they can carry their lesser talented opponents to really believable contests. And it is, again, I'll come back to that, the, the, the B word there. It's believable. Mm-hmm. I believed this was a scrap. Yeah, you know, this yeah. 10 minutes, it looked like a fight. And that's that's kind of what I'm all about with, with pro wrestling mags. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I've, I've never been a massive Luger fan, but this certainly uh, made me think that, that he he was legitimate that he, he could mm. hang with the best of them. Um, getting on to the finish, I thought that that was a, a really interesting way to 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 finish. Uh, uh, essentially, Wyndham pins himself. Um, yeah. with the, the way he he, uh, he does the, the belly-to-bat suplex, uh, Luger rolls his shoulder. Um, with, uh, Wyndham doesn't kind of uh, uh, pull his shoulders off the gr- off the ground, and 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 Luger essentially steals the title, and then uh, Wyndham beats the living piss out of him afterwards. Brilliant. <laughs> it gives him a power driver and all sorts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the finish, like uh, the finish was obviously there to continue the story between them. Mm-hmm. It was to continue the you know because they had been tag partners and then parted ways and so on. So that's kind of the story that built up to this again, I think there was supposed to be maybe a bit more time allocated to that. And this is just my opinion. I don't know. I've not researched this. I've not looked into this, but the feel of the match, how quick it was uh, and the general, the general gist of the situation, you know, the no in- entrances there, the beat down after the match was so quick uh, and you're building towards the, the sort of matches that had a lot of time on the pay-per-view after the, after this contest, mm-hmm. it feels like they were cutting time somewhere and this was going to carry on in later events. So I suppose from, from a booking standpoint, this would be the match where you'd trim a few minutes here and there. But I, I because you've got to go back to the well anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. And I think it really does. And again, like I say, I keep saying tongue in cheek about Luger. It's not about Luger. This is a, this is an advert for how freaking brilliant Barry Windham was, mm-hmm. you know? And if you've not checked out Barry Windham matches, yes, I talk about him and everyone laughs because it's old wrestling and they call me old for liking it. But trust me, wrestling didn't start in 1997. Go and check out some of this stuff with Barry Windham. He was so, so good. Or don't check it out 
and then just vote for it on on the topic so we have to <laughs> we'll do the hard work so you don't That's have it, to mate. do it <laughs> okay magsy out of 10 what are you thinking for this mate again i came in this with all intents and purposes of absolutely shitting on it um i was before actually watching the match i was dead set on giving it a zero just because I didn't want Luger to ever sully this show again. But I enjoyed the, the match for what it was. Uh, it's, it, it, it was a really good match because of Barry Windham. Let's, let's yeah. not, let's not um, beat around the bush. That, that guy, uh, he doesn't get enough love uh, in terms of, uh, of, of how he's uh, looked at as a, as a wrestler with the modern fans. Um, but yeah, he he was so entertaining, so clever, so um, used the time wisely. Th- this is a great, a great. If you've got ten minutes to to spare, this you couldn't go much wrong than watching this match. So I'm going to give it a seven. God, mate, do you know what? I'm a massive Barry Windham fan, and you've obviously been very jokingly critical of all the old NWA stuff just to try and wind me up. Not you're giving it the same as me. <laughs> you're giving it the same as me, mate. I'm giving it a seven as well. There we go. It would, have scored, with that. it would have scored higher. Had it for, not been Luger. Had it not been, I was going to say, <laughs> for two reasons. One, had it not been Luger, and if it was a bit longer. Yeah. But yeah, mm. that's that's the thing for me. I know, I'm, I'm saying yeah, but actually, in, in, in retrospect, I think 10 minutes was fine. I think if this went 15, 20 minutes, we would we would have found Luger out a lot more um i think that this was the right amount of time for Wyndham to be able to carry uh luger and like i said it was it, we were always going to get a, this uh revisited um so no i think 10 minutes was fine luger was obviously always going to be the kind of the turn in the punch bowl uh but <laughs> but barry Wyndham did a good job of masking the smell yeah yeah barry Wyndham was like a kind of air freshener. <laughs> He's the Febreze yeah. <laughs> of this match. <laughs> Barry Windham, Jim Crockett Promotions Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so a seven from both of us there. Great stuff. I really enjoyed getting an opportunity to watch this back and talk about it, mate. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoyed that. So thank you to everyone who voted for that selection and at least dragged it up to a draw. But I hugely, hugely appreciate it. Our second winner, loser, drawer, our second match, whichever way you want to call it, uh, was Royal Rumble 1998 magazine. It was, it was your choice. Um, why did you plump for this one? Because I wanted to see uh, the storyline uh, that that uh, followed from last week's episode. Uh, we covered uh, the the Montreal Screw Job, uh, which was kind of like uh, a, a, it was a, a deep topic, a dark topic uh, when we, we kind of look back on how uh, Sean Michaels had essentially tried to screw Bret Hart, how Bret Hart hadn't played ball enough. Uh, we kind of like really critiqued it and I wanted to see how that transition went on uh, because for all Sean Michaels kind of politicking and wanting to be the big star, his time at the top didn't really last that long because mm. they were a big star waiting in the wings um for for when Shawn Michaels uh eventually did pass uh, pass the the torch on uh, and and that guy was uh was Stone Cold Steve Austin already won a Royal Rumble and and through ever through uh booking didn't get the title match at, at WrestleMania um but this this was the build up to essentially what will become the biggest star in wrestling for a, for a long time, arguably still the biggest star uh, in, in wrestling with, uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and this was for me, it was getting into that, 
peak of, of Stone Cold. We're getting the, the tinges of his uh, issues with, with uh, Vince McMahon. We're going to get onto his, uh, essentially his, his first runner's champion. Uh, and the crowd were just white hot for this star. So I wanted to kind of like see the follow on from, um, from what happened after the, the, the Montreal screwjob. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, the first thing I noticed when I put this this pay-per-view on, ready to watch the Rumble match back, well, first of all, I, I didn't realise that the Rumble didn't close the show. I don't know why, but in my mind, I always thought the Rumble closed the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that was, just obviously remembering it wrong, so I was surprised when I saw it was halfway through the pay-per-view. It, it, it's actually very rare that the Rumble is the last match on. I think it's only that's more of a, a recent thing now to kind of like give okay. the winner more props but yeah it it, it it was mainly um if the the title was always kind of like the big thing mm. um, which it should be shouldn't it, it yeah, should be yeah i believe so yeah definitely the second thing i noticed was how many well first of all signs in the crowd in general just signs everywhere and then austin shirts just so many austin shirts everywhere as well it shows how popular the guy was already at this point mm-hmm yeah, he, he, I mean, we've been covering it again, and I'm going to keep referring back to Changing Attitude. We've been covering how um, we essentially started at Austin uh, at, at King of the Ring uh, 1996, and it's always been, and I spoke to uh, Scottish Danny about this uh, uh, at the weekend, um, it's always been kind of like the 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 rhetoric or the story that Austin won that uh, that King of the Ring and suddenly was a made man, suddenly was mm. the biggest thing Um the yeah, build, it's not quite right, is it? No, the the build is. I mean, we're we're now into uh, Survivor Series 1996 on the show, and that's six months away from his win uh, uh, at the King of the Ring, and he's only just kind of getting that that real momentum behind him. He's uh, he's got his his match against um, Bret Hart, but it's actually another year or so before we actually start really seeing the proper Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and the, the huge star that he'd become. And uh, it's it's really this Royal Rumble that, that sets him onto that, that huge path to, to becoming the, the massive, massive star. It's funny how your mind kind of rewrites things, isn't it, for yourself? And how, and, and I, I don't think it's just your mind. I think it's that's the storyline that's always been pushed by WWF. Uh, whenever yeah, you see, they like to rewrite things, don't they? Yeah, whenever you see kind of um, um, documentaries about Stone Cold, it's always he he give this this promo. It was unscripted. Everybody was shocked. Vince was uh, was fuming about it. Went to Raw the next day. Austin three sixteen stands everywhere. T shirts sold. Austin was a big star and it, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. There was very little kind of build of Austin 316 until going into Survivor Series uh, 1996. Yeah, it's crazy, really. But then I suppose you look at the things that WWE have, have rewritten in the past. You know, Andre the Giant had never been body slammed until WrestleMania 3, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Women's wrestling did not exist until Stephanie McMahon invented it. You know, they've changed, they, they, they rewrote a lot of things in the past, haven't they? So, um, we start the rumble with Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. I got a kick out of this. Big fan of Terry Funk, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely superb. Yeah, Chainsaw um, Charlie, an odd gimmick, let's be honest, but it's still Terry yeah. Funk. I mean, before we get there, I want to give a little bit of a kind of a backstory, I suppose, to why, um, Stone Cold was. Because we'll we'll get there. Stone Cold was basically a, a target. When, uh, uh, yes, when, yes. 
So he'd won the previous Royal Rumble. Uh, and like I said, uh, due to booking and, and things like that, he didn't get his title match. But leading into this Royal Rumble, um, he essentially made himself uh, public enemy number one, saying that he was going to win this Royal Rumble. He was going to get his WrestleMania moment. Uh, and the, the raw before uh, the, the Rumble, uh, pretty much everyone who was in the Rumble was, uh, was, was in the ring. And Austin just came in, absolutely just destroyed everybody. Um, essentially making everybody hate him. Uh, when he uh, arrives at the arena, everybody's looking for him. I think uh, you see the Godwins are uh, looking for him. The nation as well, isn't it? Yeah, the, well, he, he's had issues with the nation anyway because mm-hmm. it's it's in the run-up to this where he throws the intercontinental, intercontinental title into the river. Um, they love that, don't they? Throwing stuff in rivers. In, in that one particular river, I think it's had about three or four titles. Thrown oh, yeah, in Kurt Angle's belts as well, mm-hmm. and Edge medals. and Cena for each other into a river. Yeah. I think didn't they? Yep. Yeah. Um, they they've had a, a wrestling match that the, the the finish was on the side of the river. So yeah, they they, they do <laughs> like these rivers. Uh, yeah. But but essentially, Austin has made himself uh, public enemy number one, uh, which means when he comes into the into the ring, everybody wants to get him out. But let's go. It's a while before we get there, so let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we start off with Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. Um, the Chainsaw Charlie gimmick. I appreciate why why it happened, why Funk wanted to do it, uh, and so on. But I still look at it and just say it's Terry Funk. But something I noticed about this for the first time, he comes in carrying the chainsaw, obviously, spinning it around. You can hear it going. Um, it hits a chair and sparks fly off. And that's for the first, literally, for the first time ever. But now I've seen this rumble plenty of times before. I thought, holy crap, that's actually running. <laughs> well, how did you think it wasn't? I you don't know. Hear I just, yeah, but I just assumed that was the sound effects getting poked in. And, it, and he was just holding a chainsaw that wasn't working. You can see the chain spinning. Well, I can't. I, my eyes aren't that good, mate. You know, perhaps I don't know. Perhaps I need a better telly or something. I don't know, but or glasses maybe. But I, I just look. I, I looked at the sparks flying off it. I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't think it was like actually running at these certain occasions. Well, the more you know, I suppose. But it, it is a kind of a good kind of uh, throwback to the classics that these two have had between. I mean, um, I think uh, Mick Foley and, and Terry Funk, their careers are always going to be linked mm-hmm. uh, through through the matches they had. So this was. Uh, kind of like a, a TV 14 nod towards some of the death matches that they've had. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. And also Terry Funk, very prominent in the NWA in 1989. Just saying kids. Good <laughs> <check> <laughs> um, <laughs> and also takes a, a chair shot, like a, a I want to say champ, but more nowadays oh. with what we know about uh, CTE, like a fucking idiot. The way those they, chair shots, they were, and they were asking for it. And, yeah. uh, the the one that that Terry takes um, when he you can see him tensing his neck and his shoulders, that just would send shockwaves all the way down your 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 body, uh, irreparable damage, and it it is he's in the state that he's in health wise, and a lot of it has got to do with with stuff like this. Um, so yeah, if you're an aspiring wrestler. Avoid those headshot chair head uh, oh, chair yeah, shots like the plague. Yeah, I mean Terry Funk. Obviously, he's an old man now, and he's been wrestling for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. But he's not in the greatest of ways. And like I said, Max, those chair shots have got to contribute to it because he had so many for his career. Not good viewing at all. 
Um, I, I obviously there's thirty entrants in a rumble. We're sort of covering two matches and so on tonight. I don't want to run through every entrant. I thought we just sort of pick out a few highlights and lowlights potentially. Mags, um, yeah. the first big highlight for me, other than Terry Funk, was was The Rock came in at number four, which I thought yeah. was crazy early, considering we know how this match goes. Yeah, and and WWE or WWF at the time tend to do through all these kind of a uh, these. Um, uh, new uh, newer stars, all that big stars who were going to last in uh, a long while in the Rumble uh, pretty early. Just so you get uh, a wrestler who's, who's like the Iron Man, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always get an Iron away. Man tag yeah. to one of them, don't you? And, and I think Rock in this one uh, was the Iron Man. I think he, he did like 50 minutes, which is uh, phenomenal just considering just how young of a wrestler he was. I mean, we've mm. on, we've literally just watched his debut. He's 18 months into his wrestling career and you can already tell they've strapped a rocket to him that he's, he's, he's primed to be a huge, huge star. Um, so yeah, he puts in a shift. He really does, uh, does put in a shift. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we get one of the Godwins. I think it was Phineas coming in and we get mm-hmm. the great line from Jim Ross saying living proof of what happens when first cousins mm-hmm. marry. Brilliant. I, I absolutely chuckled that at was that like, one. Whoa. <laughs> and so about the commentary as well, we've seen um, a lot of Jerry Lawler, I guess, for matches that we've had on here. I've talked about a lot of Jerry Lawler on, on my other podcast, SJP, when I've been looking back at 2000 WWE with David Eaton. This, this here, I think was really, really good. Because normally I spend my time going, oh, Laura's this, Laura's that, yeah. looking at it in 2021 eyes. But here, Laura, I thought was brilliant. He was sharp, he was funny, he was quick. And and he was also playing the the kind of like informer to uh, what was happening with Austin mm. as well. Um, saying that he's got uh, information on that Austin's been attacked backstage and that the the rest of the, the wrestlers have got to him, that he's... Um, there's a, there's a spot where a, one, a wrestler doesn't come out. I think it's actually Skull who was meant to come out. And he says, oh, that was meant to be Austin's, Austin's number and stuff number, like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, um, Lawler, for all the grief that we're giving for being uh, a perv and uh, a potential nonce, um, he does hold... He's like the Allegedly. <laughs> he's, he, he is the, the glue to this uh, to this commentary. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. And, and I think Jerry Lawler, sorry, Jim Ross as well, plays well off Lawler when he's in that kind of mood. Mm-hmm. You yeah. see a great deal, I, I suppose, better at Jim Ross when he's with someone a bit, shall we say, spicy, for want of a better mm-hmm. term. When he when he's done commentary with Paul Heyman, for example, back in WCW, and then during the whole invasion storyline years after this, I think you get a good, a, a good JR because he's playing alongside someone who kind of winds him up a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, he's, he's very good at being the the, the straight man to uh, an antagonist, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the match goes on, we lose Cactus Jack around entrance oh. number seven or eight. But do mm. we? <laughs> and we have Black Jack Bradshaw come to the ring. That was a look, wasn't it? Mm. No, it was horrible. Yeah. When were the Blackjacks? That was late 70s. They were in their prime, wasn't it? Late 70s, very early 80s. I think yeah, they wrestled he, on the first Starcade, did they? 
he's part of the new blackjacks or, yes. or he was part of the new blackjacks um so uh, trying to bring back an old gimmick um I mean, he's a big Texans lad, so it, it, it made sense. But I think uh, his peak was always like the, the JBL character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which is funny because when that JBL character debuted, I never thought of him playing someone that way. Mm-hmm. JBL or, or Bradshaw, sorry, in the APA, I thought was going to be his peak. Yeah. And then, then he went solo as the same character from the APA, and it didn't quite work, did it? It didn't quite. They yeah, wanted they, to push him up the card, but he never quite made it in that babyface Texan yeah, role. He had a little run as like the hardcore champion, and then he, mm. he he got his own kind of like Texas hardcore belt. But yeah, um, he him having um, uh, Farouk as a foil, and, and then losing that kind of exposed him to maybe not having the the charisma as as, uh, as um, Bradshaw. But then when he came out in a, in a suit and wearing the, the, the Stetson, I think he found a gimmick that he felt really comfortable with. And, and it, and it worked for, uh, you can, as much as he, he could draw heat. Um, I think that that was his best gimmick. And, and I think he, he did really well to carry uh, SmackDown as, as champion for, for the time that he did. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's kind of underrated, really, what he did at that SmackDown roster was was weak, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, barring the likes of Guerrero, it weren't the, the the great SmackDown roster after the first draft. It kind of dropped off a little bit. I remember the pay per views that were SmackDown only being you, you could just take them or leave them, really. You know, and you say about him being good in that role, it, it was a loudmouth Texan who was obnoxious and just kind of just kind of rude and a bit of a dickhead. To me, that is just what Bradshaw is in real life. So yeah. I suppose that's probably why he finds it so easy. But anyway, we, we digress, Max. We digress. <laughs> um, after Bradshaw, we get, well, we get Steve Blackman coming out. And this is where I get a bit of an issue sometimes with certain people in War Rumbles or certain moments. Um, Blackman, he, he has the opportunity to eliminate Terry Funk. He's staring straight at Terry Funk, whilst Terry Funk is hanging from the top rope on the outside, almost in a skin the cat position, for want of a better mm-hmm. term, but Terry Funk's not going to skin we, the cat. We, which he does a couple of times. And Blackman just kind of looks at him and walks off. Yeah. Uh, the, there's another point where uh, Eight Ball does pretty much the same. I think he's, um, I want to say it's D'Lo Brown. Um, D'Lo Brown's kind of like hanging by the, the ropes and instead of throwing him over... Um, eight ball avoids him like the plague. Like uh, he uh, even went to the point where uh, D'Lo was attacking him. He he was walking away from D'Lo Brown. Like yeah, like, he didn't want no part of that. But you get when you've got eight to ten people in the ring, um, you're always going to have kind of miscommunication and stuff like that. So I I kind of let it go uh, for stuff like that because a Royal Rumble is never going to be a technical masterpiece. It's filled with punch, punch, kick, kick, close lands. That's yeah. that's the essentially what a Royal Rumble is is there to do. Um, the the thing that makes this Royal Rumble particularly interesting is is kind of all that the the interweaved um, storylines and the interweaved kind of like rivalries we get. Uh, for for example, Owen Hart comes out. He's uh, he's attacked by Jeff Jarrett and and the NWA um, or Jeff Jarrett f- representing the NWA. Um, and then once he, he he does get in the ring and he ends up eliminating uh, Jarrett, he's also got an issue with DX. 
which yeah. is uh interesting. You, there's a lot of kind of like underlying storylines that that make this an interesting Royal Rumble for me. Then you've got all of the the kind of faction of uh, of um, nation of domination coming in, uh, and it's every man for themselves in a Royal Rumble. So Farouk, the leader of the, of the of the faction, attacks his own people because he wants to win the title as much as as anyone else. You got some. Um, it's funny you mentioned about like mem- members of the nation fighting amongst themselves. There was a big spell, sort of, I suppose, just before halfway potentially, where it kind of really feels like the match is in a bit of a lull. There's not a lot going on, mm-hmm. and the crowd reflect this for me watching it back because they are dead. There's there's nothing going on from the crowd either, but they kind of pop a little bit for the Rock and D'Lo and other members of the nation fighting amongst themselves. The, mm-hmm. the crowd kind of really got into that, didn't they? They they absolutely did, and and you can tell that the uh, the push was always going to be the rock. Um, yes, the I think we're we're a few months removed from him kind of like uh, taking over the nation and and uh, attacking uh, Farouk, but you can always see those uh, those like moments of dissension uh, when uh, when him and Delo are both uh, in the ring. I think they're the first two members in. Uh, it's the rock that throws the first punch. Uh, when uh, Farouk comes in and he starts laying into the rest of the uh, the nation, it's the rock that fights him back the most. Um, I, I, I really like enjoy those kind of like little snippets of of what's to come uh, from mm. from faction wars like this. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, at sixteen. We get mankind coming to the ring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, a Mick Foley character. Good to see Mick Foley involved in the Rumble that year. Um, <laughs> he starts fighting with Terry Funk. Whose trousers fall down? It's absolutely brilliant because he's he's wearing suspenders to to keep his pants up to fit in with the Chainsaw Charlie gimmick. But Jesus Christ, those suspenders were struggling. Yeah, and essentially. He he had his boxer shorts out, but yeah. it was it was fun, and it's 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 daft to to look back on it. But at the mo- at the time, it was a cool moment having that uh, Mick Foley come in in all of his iterations of character. I thought that that uh, was very very unique um, for 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 this Royal Rumble. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got a note after that then, Magsy. That, I mean, it, it basically shows how much I'd forgotten about what was going on in this time frame, other than the whole Austin story and build. My note simply says, fucking honky tonk man in 1998 <laughs> with loads of question marks. I thought, do you remember in 2001 when honky tonk man came back at the rumble then? And it was mm-hmm. a surprise. And he ended up getting levered by Kane with the, with, with the, guitar and i know dan griffin's gonna go mad in the chat now because he's a big cane mark and, and so on it was a fantastic moment i loved it but that was a surprise and it was cool seeing honky tonk man and he sang his song and he referred to kane as big fella and all this sort of stuff that i got that i enjoyed honky tonk man in 98 when his music hit at first i thought i was like is this is this road dog is this jeff jarrett who's this and honky tonk man came out and i was like i don't remember this at all no, you're right, and I I didn't rem- remember Honky Tonk being in. I did like um, Jerry Lawler's comment when Honky Tonk was in in the ring. He says, "Oh, that's my cousin, the Honky Tonk." I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the Honky Tonk man. Um, <laughs> and I, I think this is is not far removed from the period where Honky Tonk was looking for his protege, uh, and it was the, like the the battle between uh, the Roder, uh, Jesse James, and and Billy Gunn, and they ended up like, essentially forming a tag team. And I think. 
uh, Honky just kind of like stuck around for a little while. Um, but yeah, it was a massive throwback to like the mid eighties scene. Mm. Uh, and he, 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 again, kind of, uh, kind of like, um, Barry Windham, he, he'd also kind of put a lot of timber on as well. He wasn't in the, in the best of looks. No, no, it was, <laughs> um, we have Kurgan arrive. He's an odd looking fellow, isn't he? Let's be honest. Movie star Kurgan. He was in the Sherlock Holmes film. Uh, he's a very odd looking dude. He's got this big neck and these big shoulders and this really odd shaped head. And he's got these teeny weeny little legs. And a very deep, deep voice. Oh, has he? Like, <laughs> I think he's actually French as well. So it's oh, okay. <laughs> God, that, that's not good. We should move on from that before we get in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we have Mark Miro coming out as well, the former Johnny B. Bad, and with Sable. <laughs> Which is interesting that that Miro comes out at, uh, at this time when Tom Brandy came out at, at number three, and they were having a storyline at the time. Normally in the rubble, oh, you, tell you what, you get like the crossovers. Um, uh, but yeah, they they dumped Tom Brandy out pretty much straight away, and then Miro, uh, Mark Miro, comes in later on, which makes no sense. I'll tell you what, you mentioned in Tom Brandy there. That shows how much I remember about that guy. When he came out, my first thought was. Who the hell is this? It's Salvatore Sensiri. Right. When when he was eliminated, I was like, I still don't know who that is. I must look it up for, for the show. I didn't. I then completely forgot the guy existed until you literally just said then about him now. Wow. This was his biggest ever wrestling storyline as well. What? 30 seconds in the rumble getting no, stuck between Captain Jack and Terry Funk. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the highlight of his career, but no, his, 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 his storyline that was happening at the time was uh, Miro was being a dick to Sable, making a yes. wear out potato sacks and oh, stuff like yeah. that. And he was stand, trying to stand up for and point out Miro was being a dick. Yeah, well, uh, he, he did it as his Salvatore Sensei character, uh, and then he was uh, basically uh, ripped into by Miro saying, uh, you're not even Italian. Your name's Tom Brandy. You're from like uh, Brooklyn or whatever. So he got this whole career, uh, this whole like kind of gimmick change, wearing the 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 leather um, underpants and and um, and the the Italy flag. Had a couple of weeks of a storyline, and and then essentially became a jobber again. But this yeah. was the this was the peak of his career, and you're like, who the fuck is he? That's exactly what I said when he came out. That's exactly what I said. And I, again, I thought I've got to Google that guy to make a note just in case he comes up on the show. And I completely forgot he existed again for the second time in the course of my life until right this moment now. Poor so Tom Brander. I, I, I apologise to... What was his name? No, I'm joking. <laughs> he doesn't Brilliant. listen anyway. He doesn't listen. Um, <laughs> Shamrock comes out. That's a good reaction there, doesn't he, Ken Shamrock? I mean, it's, you know, th- that guy's fantastic, isn't he? Yeah, and and I was thinking whilst watching this, if you we you always have a conversation about who was the the best wrestler to never win the title, and then you're looking at uh, never to win the big title, should I say? You're looking at like Scott Hall, Mister Perfect, blah 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 blah. I think the WWF missed a trick not putting the world title on Ken Shamrock. 
Yeah. Yeah, because he was massive. He was a huge, huge star. Uh, and he had that, that kind of crossover appeal coming from uh, the original days of the UFC. Um, he could work. He could bump, He could uh, work a really, really good match. He, he could have been a legitimate uh, world champion. Um, and it, yeah, it's a, a shame he never reached that level, but he looked, looked brilliant. I think he'd been in a match earlier in the day with, with The Rock. Uh, yeah, for he, the for the IC title, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, where he 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 essentially won the match, but then um, Shamrock does what Shamrock does and and kind of like overegs the pudding and got himself disqualified. Uh, but yeah, Shamrock was brilliant. I think there was um, at one point there was timing issues, wasn't there? Because he wanted to go back and fight in MMA again at some point, didn't he? Yeah, um, and. It, it was always meant to be a short-term deal, I think, with with with, with uh, Shamrock, um, but he, he ended up sticking around in, in wrestling. He ended up, he ended up uh, going back to MMA and, and wrestling back to MMA and wrestling. I think he had a bit of time in Impact, uh, a bit of time in in Japan. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would have just liked to have seen him with the the world title, even if for a, a short run. I think it would have been uh, it would have been brilliant for him. That beautiful winged eagle belt as well at that time, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, at some point around this time as well, Kurgan gets eliminated when p- well, quite a few it, people... It's Shamrock that, that, yeah. that uh, basically sets that off. He, he attacks Kurgan, gets him to the ropes, and then everyone does what what generally happens in a rumble. Uh, the big guy, they all team up to, to dump him out. He's not happy about it, but... Is what it is, <laughs> Can't argue with it, mate. Can't argue with it. The camera caught both of your teeny skinny little legs touching the floor, and that's how you get eliminated. Um, <laughs> Owen Hart, as you mentioned, Magsy, he, he arrives and DX attack him with a crutch and get him eliminated. Uh, number 22 is obviously nobody, but supposed to be. Do you say it was Skull? It was supposed to be. Yeah, um, the the commentary make out that this was meant to be Austin's number because they, they yes. flashed the lights and 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 things like that. But it was actually meant to be uh, the other part of DOA Skull, who'd been attacked by Los Bariquas earlier in the in the show um, because they thought it was Austin. Uh, so yeah, that that was obviously there to to add a little bit of confusion whether Austin mm. was going to make it to the match or not. Yeah, and and then of course he does. <laughs> um, well, the whole bit, the whole bit, purpose of the match and the whole purpose of the rumble itself i guess yeah uh before we get there though we see uh um i think it's armored um and phineas getting eliminated but um phineas lands on the referee like oh yeah and jack poor jack dawn uh he actually had a concussion from from that did he really from from taking the full weight of uh phineas godwin on him yeah. Well, them country boys, you know, big hefty lumps, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Landing on your noggin. I think this is the time where they were kind of coming away from the, the happy go lucky kind of inbred idiots to kind of pushing for the, the turning to Southern justice, the, 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 the Jeff Jarrett kind of, um, backup stable. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But still big lump. On your head. <laughs> <laughs> 300 pounds on your head. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Um, Austin's music hits and everyone, as you can see in the picture behind us here, uh, actually brilliantly edited by Magsy as well. And I didn't notice this at first, but oh, Barry's in there. Look, yeah, that's a great thing. That is, I'm really, I love that Mags, but everyone kind of stops and waits thinking we're going to get Austin. We're going to, you mm-hmm. know, 
there's a there's a bullet on his chest, so to speak, a target on his on his chest. We're gonna we're gonna get Austin. And he jumps him from behind and beats the crap out of Nojum while still wearing really? his waistcoat. And it's just absolutely fantastic, isn't it? It's it's so so good, such so well told. I mean, it, it's hard, I suppose, to be unique in a Royal Rumble with so many uh, um, wrestlers in there. But Austin comes in with what six, five, six people left to go. Uh, ends up eliminating the most people in in the whole Rumble by a long, long way. Uh, I think mm. he's he got seven, and the next uh, the next highest is is uh, the Rock. Uh, and Farouk, I think they both got three each. But yeah, he comes in fifteen minutes, makes a massive, massive impact, and it it, it can that then becomes the story of of this rumble. Uh, yeah, um, basically Austin clearing house, farting off all comers. I mean, Savio Vega comes out a couple of numbers after Austin uh, brings out his whole faction. To yeah, his whole all, group. Yeah to all uh, beat up Austin and Austin's there fighting everybody off. It's it's it, the energy level picked up and so did the crowd as well. Uh, you mentioned earlier that there's, there's periods in this where it gets a bit dead, uh, which when you're watching a, an hour long match and it's all punch, punch, kick, kick, it can be like that, but Austin comes in and the crowd are essentially on the feet for the rest of the show. But I suppose that comes into the fact that, this whole rumble is just geared around Austin. The whole mm-hmm. rumble is about Austin. So yeah. Ev- yeah. everyone is literally waiting to hear that glass break and Austin come out, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, we we eventually, at some point around this time, Mankind has been eliminated, um, which is a shame for, for Mick Foley, obviously. Uh, number 28, Dude Love comes out. So it's nice to see Mick Foley involved in the Royal Rumble this year. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed that though. The three faces of Foley is just referred to now, isn't it? It was, it was, it was good, good little comedy spots, I guess. You know, I mean, it, it, it's not fair that one person got three entries, uh, no. but he also got three losses in the rumble. So it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not good how we he had three bats at the cherry and was still unable to pull it off. But it's, it's something that was unique and it's, it's never going to happen again. Uh, and and is it's, it's. It's a cool to look back on the, like you said, the three faces of Foley. Yeah, definitely. Number thirty, Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, that surprised me a little bit because I was ninety-eight. How are you just just glossing over the star that is Chains at oh, twenty-nine? Man. How can you gloss over that? It's like obviously anything WWE do in theory because of the production levels behind it, the money behind it and so on should be superior just in theory, not, I'm not saying in, in ability and entertainment levels, but just in production levels and so on should be bigger and better than TNA. But watching DOA back on this pay-per-view just made me feel like they were a shitty version of Aces and Eights. I mean, an earlier version yeah and earlier yeah i I get your point though uh yeah they they weren't good but this was uh building into uh uh an interesting run for wwe uh with the factions i thought that that was cool especially when we get to survivor series and we get the the gang rules survivor series i thought that was uh unique i'm a big factions mark anyway yeah yeah me doa were never my favorite faction but they were uh, there were bodies in a town when factions were a uh, were a big thing. weren't um, is it the blue blue brothers, the two big bold fellas? The they're the Harris twins, aren't they? Harris twins, yeah, okay. But they, weren't they the blue brothers before that as well? Um, before it, 
Jacobin Elab Blue. Yeah, was, I think like they were the same. Yeah, aren't they like incredibly yeah. terrible racists, like full blown oh. card carrying Nazis? Oh, um, I didn't know that. Jesus Christ! I'm we'll throw in, we'll throw in one of our favourite words over the last few weeks, allegedly, because I might be completely making that up. But it's. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna look them. that up. I'm gonna look that up. But yeah, I thought there was Christ. something about them being. I, I'm not. I think they were Nazis, or they if have that, Nazi tattoos potentially. If that's, if that's true, then they they are scumbags, and I'm glad they got eliminated. Then, yeah, we don't want any Nazis winning the Royal Rumble. No, no, exactly. And that's that's the message that, everyone and, can take from today's show. And that's why <laughs> Ludwig Borger never won the Royal Rumble. No, we don't want Nazis. Winning the Royal Rumble. There's a T-shirt in that, I think. Yeah. So, so get, getting back to Vader, um, he does the world a favour when he uh, dumps out Honky Tonk. Um, then he has a, a bit of a battle with uh, Gold Dust. Chains. Um, um, oh no, uh, Gold Dust eliminates Vader, which is uh, you would have thought coming in at thirty, he would be like the the kind of monster that they all mm. have to team up on. But Gold Dust is able to eliminate him. Chains eliminates Gold Dust. Austin then uh, eliminates um, uh, Chains. Farouk knocks Mark Henry off, and then that essentially leaves us to our final four. Yeah, and we got down to that quick, didn't we? Because the when Vader comes in at thirty, there's there must be nine, ten, eleven people in the ring. In total. So when so when Vader comes in, we've still got Honker, we've still got Thrasher, we've still got Karma, uh, still got Savio Vega, um, we've still got Austin. Uh, so and then you've got uh, your final four chain. So you've got eleven people still in the ring. That's crazy, so, isn't it? That's over. Mm-hmm. That's over a third of the match still in the ring. Yeah. And then, literally in two minutes, it's it's the ring's cleared. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, get down to the final four. Who obviously Rock and Austin? Who are the other two, Max? So we had uh, Rock, Austin, Dude, Love, and Farouk. Right. Okay. So so essentially, we we we're seeing uh, Farouk. Trying to uh, throw Dude Love um, over. Um, oh no, uh, we see the Rock throw Dude Love over. Then we've got Farouk and Austin fighting uh, away. Uh, Rock again, kind of like teasing that dissension in, in the nation, throws Farouk out. Now I remember, uh, and I remember it vividly. So it must have been edited on the on the network that there's a shot of. Farouk looking up at, at, at the rock in, in disgust. Yeah. Like how how dare you? But we don't get that shot. We actually get a crowd shot. Uh, and then uh, there's a bit where the rock's looking at him and like basically telling him, go on, hit the bricks, you're, you're out. But it leads to uh, what, what would be the defining um, wrestler feud for the next five years. Uh, yeah. When we see the, the rock and Oscar square off, and this kind of like 30 seconds of brawl is just superb the way they're just beating the living piss out, out of each other. But you know, as fans and I watch it in, in respect, you know what this is going to build to. Uh, this is going to be such a massive, massive uh, feud that, that carries the company uh, into the next next millennium. It's, it's so damn good. Uh, Rock uh, attempts to throw... Um, um, Austin attempts to throw the rock over. He is able to hang on, uh, sneaks back in the ring. Austin goes for a, a stunner, uh, which gives him that gives Austin the opportunity to throw rock over. And there we are. We get our winner. Rock, uh, Austin wins the, uh, rumble back to back. Uh, and it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. 
you say that, let's get to our ratings and see if we oh, agree, shall we? Oh, God. Go on, then. You want to go first? I think that this is is one of the most fun Royal Rumbles uh, that we've had. It's it's certainly not the 92 Royal Rumble. Uh, no. That's that's a classic. Um, but it's close. For me, this is one of the, the most entertaining rumbles it, it's the peak of of uh, p- the, that push for austin you've got like the the build to uh wrestlemania with with uh matt tyson as, as well thrown in and i think danny mentioned it in the chat earlier he uh he calls stone cold cold stone which is yeah. fucking absolutely <laughs> superb um, what a dick <laughs> I, I love this Royal rumble so i'm going to rate it pretty highly i'm going to give it an eight and a half why really absolutely Oh my word! Okay, I might upset you now. Um, Let me hover over this uh, this mute button. <laughs> it's not the worst rumble ever. Of course not. Ninety three is plainly the worst rumble, but um, the whole thing is it's it's Austin. That's it. Uh, to me, now the rumbles now in later years are brilliant when there's three or four people who could maybe win it. Even if you kind of know who's going to win it, there's other ideas there as well. I don't think you get this with this. Even when you get down to the last four, it's like, you know, at the time even, you know Austin's going to win this. Just the whole thing is about Austin. And because of that, when Austin arrives, fantastic, as we said. Brilliant moment. Everyone looking the wrong way. And I I don't know why, but I get a kick out of him kicking the crap out of people still with his waistcoat on. I think it just looks badass. Um... The people looking for Austin before the Rumble starts, brilliant. And the exchange with The Rock at the end, brilliant. But rating this match itself from bell to bell, there's a lot of crap in their mind. There is a lot of crap yeah, in but, that Rumble. But you look at the the 92 Royal Rumble, if you're rating that from bell to bell, there's a lot of basic crap in that as well. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Still, it's still uh, an outstanding match and an entertaining match to, to, to watch. Yeah, but to me, it's entertaining because of Flair. And Flair's in it from number three till the end. The Rock, uh, sorry, Austin's in this from what, 23, 24 till the end? Uh, I think it comes in at 24. Yeah, so before that, there's a couple of moments, but that's it. I don't, I think the crowd being dead for a lot of it, it kind of explains how I feel about this as well. Okay. For the, un, until Austin arrives, I got a kick out of seeing Terry Funk, but until Austin arrives, that's kind of it for me. So, from bell to bell, I, I'm, I can't really give this much harder than a six. I mean, I'll give it actually an eight and a half. I think Mags is right. <laughs> is that how I, is that how you think I sound? <laughs> six. I don't know if you muted my mic before I gave my rating of a six. No, I think it I'm got through. I, I was slow with the click, but it got through. <laughs> I reiterate, I give it an eight and a half. <laughs> I do not sound like that. An eight yeah. and a half. What the fuck <laughs> is that? I think that's a bang on impression. <laughs> the people listening on audio won't even realise that I, I did that impression then. I think there's just an echo and I'm, we're talking, I'm, I'm talking back to myself or something. It's, it's Millwall Chris all over again. <laughs> but there we go then. There we go. We've had jokes from everybody which was fantastic we've had a look at Wyndham Luger which we both rated a 7 which we enjoyed we've disagreed a bit on the 1998 Royal Rumble I'm not saying it was crap but it's, I don't think it's as good as an 8.5 mate that's insane but <laughs> but at the same time it weren't shite it was it was good enough I, I enjoyed the Austin stuff in it um, Magsy 
very much with the volley looming and the clock ticking, where do you want to go next week? So this was all about um, Austin. You, 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 you're right. This was to build for Austin being uh, the next big challenger and eventually the next uh, world champion. Um, but there's also another person who, who kind of makes a big impression in, in this Royal Rumble, uh, and we've mocked it uh, a little bit, but at the time it, it, it was new and it was interesting. Uh, it, that's um, the three faces of Fallen. It's something that's uh, carried on from uh, from from this Royal Rumble, and it's it's still brought up today. Whenever you you think about uh, Mick Foley's uh, WWE career, you always think of the three major characters he had. Um, so I want to kind of incorporate him and kind of incorporate Stone Cold Steve Austin as well because he was the big star. Uh, so I want to go to uh, Unforgiven. Um, 19, I think it's 1999. Let me just uh, check my notes. Oh, no, sorry. Unforgiving 1998 um, from April 1998 when uh, Austin fought one of the three faces of Faller. He fought Dude Love. Uh, this was when part of when Dude Love became corporate to be one of the challengers for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, and uh, they fought for the for the WF title. So I want to go to that match. Uh, Dude Love versus Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, from Unforgiven 1998. Okay. Okay, good stuff. Um, I'll tell you what, my selection is not far away from that either. Mm. I, I thought we had, uh, and you're going to know straight away where I'm going with this now, Oh, sorry, Scottish Danny in the chat there. Sorry, you do a Mags impression. I can't, I can't. I can only do like one word or one one sound with Mags. My wife. I mean, see if she's got <laughs> if she's got a knife. <laughs> that's kind of all I can do, and I don't um, even think that's very good. I, I feel personally attacked. Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, very similar sort of time frame, I guess. We had. The Montreal Screwjob, which, Magsy, then you said you wanted to look at the Royal Rumble 98, which is kind of where we were going from that. I thought, why not just complete complete the whole thing and look at when the Austin era begins and look at where Austin faces Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. So he wins the right to his title shot at this Royal Rumble. Why not just mm-hmm. follow it on and complete that little sort of mini, mini timeline and look at one of my personal favourite wrestlers of all time in Shawn Michaels defending the championship for the first, for the last time in a long, long time against Steve Austin. And I suppose a passing of the torch, I guess, Maxie. Not a, not a passing that was, uh, was willing. It was very much a, there's a bit of backstage stuff to get into Mm -hmm. there, isn't there? So, So, um, I actually think vote for Sars pick, uh, because, um, (laughs) I was tempted to actually go over that match. I was really, but I thought, have we lingered on this storyline too much? But no, if if that's uh, if you are in the same mindset, I absolutely would go with that. So I would have changed my pick then. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take away the uh, the dude love versus Stoke match, and to to almost guarantee Sar gets his win, I'm going to go with a, another match from that Unforgiven card. I'm going to go with Luna Vachon, um versus Sable uh, in an evening gown match. Are you being serious? Yeah. I want yours to win, so I'm going to scupper oh, my own pick mate. to help you win. Think of the integrity of the show whilst you're trying to... <laughs> what integrity have we got? <laughs> okay, so I suppose these are your incredibly different now choices. 
<laughs> from Unforgiven 98, we have an evening game match between Luna Vashon and Sable. Oh, Sable. I wouldn't mind watching that if, if, if needs be. Um, or we have the WWF world title match between Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin at WrestleMania 14. I thought you were going to go for this, so I had a back. I, well, I was tempted to go for it, and I literally changed maybe uh, a couple of hours before we were we were ready to record. Yeah, see, I, I thought we were gonna. I thought you were gonna go for that, so I had a backup lined up. When you didn't go for it, I was like, "Sod it, I'm gonna have it." And you know what's gonna happen now, don't you? Everyone's gonna vote for the evening game match just to screw it. Well, us. okay, on your head be it. That's fine. You, that's your prerogative. But it's a two minute fifty second match that's got a shit storyline, and it's got Luna Vachon and Sable. Come on, let's talk some wrestling. Well, let's complete this story that we've given over these last couple of weeks and get to the the next big star in wrestling. Uh, votes are hashtag votes are. Mate, we're fucked. We're blatantly watching Luna Vachon in a dress. You know. No. <laughs> That's yeah. blatantly what's happening. <laughs> Don't Any fuck us way. over. Don't <laughs> fuck us over. <laughs> we have thought this through. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yes, again, those are your choices. Luna Vachon, Sable, Evening Game Match, Unforgiven, 1998. Shawn Michaels versus Steve Austin, WrestleMania 14. Uh, Dan Griffin in the chat. Mags, that's true, but we don't have to watch it. You do? Oh, for crying out loud. Um, Matt Willis in the chat. I'm gay, and I'll still vote for the universe, Sean, over the washed-up Texan. Tanner's not wrestling, is he? Oh. We'll have no Sean Michaels slander here, thank you. Um, I mean, Austin's Texan as well, so he's, oh, he's yeah, you essentially meant, oh, yeah, slandering Matt, yeah. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Tanner. I'm, 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 we, we better go. <laughs> you can find the poll sort of midweek-ish after the podcast audio version comes out. Um, the poll is always on Twitter, at chain underscore mm-hmm. wrestling, but you can find us all over the place. But before we get to that, Magsy, where can people find you? So you can follow me down here at Podfather Mags. Uh, I am all over the the airwaves in terms of content. I've got um, I'm part of a changing attitude. I'm heavily involved with uh, the uh, the lot of projects here on Radio Techers, UFC wrestling, anything that you think of. I'm involved. Yeah, and it's some brilliant stuff. Changing attitude, I love, man. It's absolutely fantastic. I appreciate. I, I love. I love the sort of following the whole timeline through seeing how things develop and so it's great it's awesome yeah and and, ah. and, and, and definitely uh, uh check out the episode in a couple of weeks with uh with uh scottish danny doing a running we had a great time uh chatting about survivor series uh 1996 yeah looking forward to that mate looking forward to that you can find me at sjp words on twitter and there's always links to the shows as the SJP wrestling pod, which is going to kind of come and go, I think with the way the timeline works out now, but so keep an eye out for that. Uh, the waiting room I do with my good friend, Benny, looking back at quantum leap, a little doctor who project coming up sometime in the future that we've just kind of balanced the format out. And my co-host is in the chat right now. Should I spill the beans? What do you no. reckon? What do you reckon? No, keep it to ourselves for a little bit longer. Go for it. Spill, uh, spill the beans. Uh, Mr. Dan Griffin in the chat is going to be joining me for a few episodes, and we're going to take a look back at some old Doctor Who. So that should be a giggle. That should be a bit of fun. So, yeah, hundred percent, mate. Biggest nerd on the planet. Biggest nerd on the planet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're going to have other people on talking as well. Really looking forward to doing it. The format's quite loosely sorted at the moment. 
it's going to be a little while away, but really looking forward to bringing that to you. But yes, at SJP Words on Twitter. And most importantly, you can find the show at chain underscore wrestling on that TikTok, finger me, Bob, Instagram, Facebook, and most importantly, Twitter. I'm off now to go to bloody bed because for some reason my body is like an 80 year old at the moment and I've got no idea why. Mr. Mags, I will see you well in a few minutes with our yes. good friend Matt Willis for the volley. Everyone hang around. Stick around. I'll be back in about five minutes uh, chastising Matt for his terrible jokes and his lack of football knowledge. That's it. That's right. So, yes, hang around, check out the volley following us on the Radio Techers YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Fantastic stuff coming from everybody. Thank you so, so much again for joining us. And we will leave you now so I can go get 40 winks. Winks with an eye. See you later, Mags. Bye bye. And I've not even got the audio ready. That's how unprofessional <laughs> I am. Bye bye, uh, folks. Bye bye. <laughs>